Welcome to God's Love Revealed Podcast. I'm Ellie Caswell, along with Jeff Williamson, and I want to share with you how I went from self-punishment with no true identity to a mutual knowing in Christ and finding an eternal identity in Him. Jeff is a licensed professional counselor with a master's in marriage, family, and child therapy from Fuller Theological Seminary. He's been in practice for over 20 years and specializes in intensive, short-term, dynamic psychotherapy. God has taught him profound spiritual dynamics which have led believers to a true freedom. It's our hope to reveal the truth and life of God's love manifested through Jesus. Psychological, emotional, and spiritual freedom is possible through the true knowing of Christ. When you hear this verse, 1 John chapter 4, verse 18, can you share with me how it impacts you, what you feel inside when you hear this? There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. Like, for example, when you feel afraid, when you feel intimidated, how typically would you deal with that fear inside you? Because here in this passage, it's saying perfect love casts out all fear. Mm-hmm. Well, I think... The first thing that comes to my mind now is, am I not really internalizing that perfect love then if I'm, if I would punish myself for that fear that I have, Hmm. you know? Um, So if, like you're saying, if I felt afraid or I felt anxious about something, then am I not truly knowing what it means to be loved? By Christ. Um, and according to this verse, that is accurate. Right. As a believer, that's the whole point of the gospel. That's why God sent his son. That is the perfect love given to us. And when you're surrounded by people, by other believers who they, they make up like other reasons for why they continue to live in that punishment, you know? Like, they make up reasons like, oh, it's my depression, or it's stress in my life, or I'm just, like, more of, like, an anxious person, or I just really care about something. And so I get kind of, like, wrapped up in it. It makes me emotional now to look at those situations and to see that play out in people's lives around me. Because I know that I did that too. Like, I know that I would have anxiety and I would blame myself. Like, I just need to trust the Lord more. I just need to know His truth from His scripture. I just need to, like, intellectually understand that. And if I don't, then I just need it. I just need the word more. I just need to pray more. I just need to listen to truth, listen to pastors or other podcasts or people saying it in a different way that might resonate with me, like just the truth. And I'm not saying like there's not a place for that, but so often it feels just overcomplicated and distracting. Mm -hmm. And um, so the part that makes me emotional is 
now I see really what I was missing before, which was just knowing how much I'm loved by him. And And how have you come to know that love? Because here, what you're getting at is that an intellectual knowing of Christ, you know, just going back, I need to know the word better. There's a sort of paradox to it. Because that way of thinking is leaning on our own understanding. It's right. like a self-reliance. Yeah. And back in the beginning, if you go to self-reliance, the knowledge of good and evil, surely you will die. Right. It does not lead anywhere good. No. So, perfect love casts out all fear. Mm-hmm. It seems like we don't take that literally enough. Like, right. if I'm not utterly relying on Jesus, like, let's say the image of being on the water and I'm looking in his eyes and, um, like Peter, where I'm utterly relying on him, it's also easy to stay in the boat. And really, we're saying, well, I'm relying on the Word of God or I'm relying on these truths. But are we really abiding in him? If perfect love casts out all fear, then doesn't it mean there has to be a certain level of closeness or attachment to him, with him, right. to make us completely free. That emotion comes up in you, and I'm just wondering how much that has to do with the separation you felt, the death you felt, the lostness you felt. Like when you were in the boat, when we were all in the boat, we're not relying on that perfect love Mm-mm. on the water as much as we think we are. And we think sometimes the more that we complicate things or the more we intellectualize it, it's like... The more we understand it up in our head, it somehow is going to like resonate with us more. And what has been what has it been like for you? Like in other words, to paint a picture, you know, like you're on the boat, you have to try harder, you have to um, sort of cast out that fear. I mean, alone. that just like is the perfect breeding ground for punishment to me. That's mm-hmm. what it was for me. Like the more I tried, and the more my heart wasn't in it. My heart wasn't in like the, that striving, but it's like, okay, but this is, this is what I know. This mm-hmm. is the only thing that I know. Everyone around me is doing this mm-hmm. and it's very much praised. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other part of the, the other end of the spectrum, like that emotionality that's like looked down upon and like made fun of. Um, and so I'm like, well, this is my, this is my only option. Right. So I just have to kind of like go along with it. And yet, all the while feeling like a loss and an emptiness, and and then punishing myself for that because it's like for the loss itself. Yeah. Well, for the like the disconnect, you knew you felt alone. Yeah. And I'm like, well, is this because I'm not a strong believer? Is this Mm. because I just don't know enough and I don't believe enough? So that fear, doubt would come in. The Mm -hmm. punishment would come in. Mm -hmm. They're all interrelated. Right. And there was no way out. Like, looking back mm-hmm. on it, no matter what you would do on the boat to use that image, there's no way you're going to, you no. know, of your own. Mm-mm. Because it takes a level of trust to, like, step off of that boat. You're not just, like, doing it blindly. Mm-hmm. And when you're in this environment where you feel like there's not trust and you aren't able to, like, be free with your emotions and be free with your your yearnings and your questions. Your heart, your soul, and your mind. Your heart, your soul, and your mind. Like, there's not, there's never a real trust. And there's and so, not a movement. Right. 
So why would I take this right. step off the boat when I don't even know what it means to even trust to have that with anyone? And then he says, come to me, we're sorrowful and heavy laden. Let's say that he's out on the water, you know, come Ellie, trust me. So when you say that part of the movement off the boat is your feelings, like you're saying, not emotionality, not going mm-hmm. on and on on the boat in this emotionality sort of way, but as a yeah, but a res- when that that's all continuously like squashed mm-hmm. and like, well, you just need to trust the Lord. You just need to rely on His sovereignty. Like that needs to be your comfort. Mm. That needs to be your hope. Like so those- whatever happens on the boat. Um, is God's sovereignty and you just need to... It's his will, his plan, and like it's all going to work out for your good and for his glory. Like that's such a dis, like attached and it's the opposite of what creates that bond and knowing and true reliance on Jesus. And so as in a sense you woke up to your feelings, we could say, for, you know, sake of understanding that propelled you off of the boat onto the water towards him. In other words, your heart, your soul woke up and started responding to his perfect love. Yeah, I would say that. I think also there was something in me, I think for that to have happened, there needed to be something in me that was completely done with this world. And here I will use, I mean, God's sovereignty. Yeah, I believe in the God, the sovereignty of God, that He brought me to that point, and He used what was He used whatever means necessary to bring me to that point where there was nothing here for me to cling to or to hold on to. And I've always known from like a young age, I'd always been like searching and wanting something that wasn't here on earth. And I always had like an idealistic, uh, an idealistic wanting for a world, a land like far away mm-hmm. and never putting it together. Well, that's like the heart and the mind that we're supposed to have. Eternity Turns is written our on eternal home. Yeah. Eternity. Eternity is written on the hearts of man. Mm-hmm. And so for me to, for me personally, I don't know if this would be true for everyone. I had to. I had to like consciously become aware of that feeling of there's nothing here that I really want or that's really going to satisfy me. And so where is there to go? And so it's not, I don't know if it was actually the trust that made me step out of the boat was more like the desire, the yearning, the I mean, yearning because- and also just the curiosity too. Yeah, right. And the searching. Because I mean, to, to your point, if eternity is written on your heart and you always wanted something different, and we go saying with the boat analogy, who who would in their of themselves say, "Oh, you know, forget the boat. I'm leaving it all behind. I'm gonna go walk on water." That's what I'm water. saying. Like, yeah, you wouldn't. No one would say that's no. an option, no. unless Jesus Christ, the Eternal One. You know, God's love revealed, manifested through Jesus Christ. You know, you would it would have to be this other standing on water, which obviously represents eternity, to even know that that's an option. 
Mm-hmm. Like, who's going to say, you know, this boat sucks. I'm just going to walk on water. See you guys later. Right. Right? No. But if he's standing out there, the kingdom of heavens for like children, the you know, you would, ever since you were young, there's this thing written on your heart that says, you know, I want something different. And we could say even in this temporal realm to say, well, I want to go walk on water with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Right? What yeah, an adventure. Yeah, because it is an experience that you, that you get to have here on earth. Now. Now, right? Right. And it's written on everyone's heart. If you're a believer, it's written on your heart. And I think it's a matter partially of, I think curiosity is a huge part of it. And that searching, those who search will find and making it your own. What does it mean if it was just you and Jesus in this world Mm -hmm. and no one else was Mm -hmm. a factor, not your children, not your spouse, Mm -hmm. not any like hypothetical relationship. Like it was just you and Jesus. What would that mean to Mm, you? I like that. And it just comes down to that. That's where I've had to become comfortable with the experience of, of, imagining myself with him mm-hmm. face to face mm-hmm. and i kind of see it as like the holy spirit is in me and like the holy spirit gives me this freedom and creativity in my relationship with him it's like on my own just as without the holy spirit i would never it would, i would be scared out of my mind to like explore imagery with mm-hmm. Jesus. Like, well, what do I feel when, if I'm hugging him, what do I feel when I look into his eyes? I'd be like, I'm sinful and oh, there's wow. nothing good in me. And I will just create something mm. that has From your no, own imagination. Right. But I'm like, since I have the Holy Spirit in me, mm-hmm. I've come to like the realization that I can trust that. And then I can just let myself go into that mm. image with him and know that I am a new being. I'm a new creation. I am alive in Him. And then not holding anything back. And then in turn, like realizing the depths of my love for Him. I love what you're saying. And I think it's, couldn't we say, to clarify this, that the first job of the Holy Spirit within us is like, get out on the water. For goodness sakes, get out on the water. Go find him. The Holy Spirit is alive in you and not being quenched. Like that, yeah, that should be its main message. Isn't that what it's going to say? Mm -hmm. Go to Jesus. Because if we stay in the boat and we quench the Holy Spirit, you know, obviously the Holy Spirit is still in us in the, you know, like sealed sense. But I would think, I do think that sitting on the boat and not listening to the Holy Spirit say, "Get out onto the water." If your feet are clean, you're cl- you know you're you're clean indeed. That's how I think of it. If I'm out on the water, that water's constantly cleaning my feet. It's washing my feet, and there I can trust the Holy Spirit. If I stayed on the boat, I should be a little bit cautious mm-hmm. about my imagination, about your motives, even my emotions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. See, I mean, like because I'm. In a sense, you're being tossed to and fro, right. and you're just at the mercy of, of the, the wind and the waves. And Right. And I say, Jesus, you know, I'm in distress. Please come save me. Okay. Well, what I love about what you're saying is like, if the first thing is the Holy Spirit, it's like, Jeff, get off the boat and go meet him in the eyes. 
you have to change locations. Your feet are dirty on that boat. Go out on the water. Now, once I'm out there, I'm in him. I've changed locations. I can continue to trust the Holy Spirit out there. I can continue to trust, you know, the imagery that comes to my mind, like you're saying, looking in his eyes, what I feel. Right. And, and yeah, and to clarify yeah. further, what I was saying is like a believer would still have the Holy Spirit in them. Yes. And, but if they're quenching the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit, like you're saying, if they're not in the right location, mm-hmm. like, yeah, their motives, their emotions should not be trusted. No. And compared to a believer who is alive in the Holy Spirit and listening to that mm-hmm. and like growing in that and their location is out on the water, that's, that's right. where you have the freedom. You know, the Holy Spirit should be leading us out of our lives if we say that's the boat. Hate your mother, your father, your child. Like we should leave the boat led by the Holy Spirit and it is out there in that perfect love. We're walking on water. Who's keeping us up? You know, it's the perfect love of Jesus Christ. The boat is the punishment. That's where the fear is. Oh, Jesus, we're, we're sinking, we're sinking, we're sinking, right? I mean, Jesus rebuked that. Mm-hmm. He didn't right, praise when that. the disciples were like trying to yeah. wake him. Yeah. And they, what was his response like? Where's your faith? Yeah. Where's your faith? You know? And yeah, there can even be a fear out on that water. Peter started getting afraid of the wind and the waves. And Jesus rebuked that. Stay with me. Stay with my eyes. If you didn't look to the wind and the waves, Peter. So wouldn't, wouldn't like, couldn't someone say, well, looking to his eyes, like, that's just, that is trust. So we're kind of saying the same thing, right? That you're just having to trust the Lord more. They'll say, well, that's what we've been saying all along. Like, you just have to trust him. You just have to trust that. He's in control. But I would say to them, your location, the boat is death. The boat is your self-reliance. It's not all bad. There's the knowledge of good and evil. You're all up in your mind just trusting him. But, But Jesus said, love your God with your whole heart, soul, mind, and strength, not just your mind. So, mm-hmm. what I'm saying is the, the problem is your location. If you're still in the bushes, if you're still in the punishment, if you're still in the boat, that's the problem. The Holy Spirit should be saying to you, come out onto the water, come out in a sense to eternity, because walking in water is eternal. It's like Jesus walking in water basically says eternity's broken in. The first thing is you've got to move. You've got to let go. And it's also easy to say, I trust Jesus on a boat. It's like, well, are you really trusting Jesus? Or are you trusting the boat? If you're out on the water, you're clearly trusting Jesus. So it doesn't work. Nothing works in the boat. Imagery doesn't work in the boat. Um, looking into Jesus's eyes on the boat doesn't work. Um, so, I mean, the only way that you would really know if you're... Where your location is, if you're on the boat, if you're on the water, is you don't have punishment. You don't have anxiety. You don't have fear. Perfect right? love. Is that what you would yes. say? Perfect love. You, you have a peace that, that transcends understanding. Mm-hmm. Now, we're using this imagery, and I'm asking you, you know, have you ever truly felt a peace that transcends understanding when you're on the boat? No. I mean, you can tell yourself <laughs> that, like, oh, I'm just trusting the Lord, mm-hmm. like, or, you know, 
God's in control or I just need to pray. Like you could tell yourself that all day long, but that still is just all up in your head. It's not a heart yeah. response. And in the imagery where you're out on the water and you know you are, it's more than an image. The Holy Spirit's led you out there. Now, obviously, if you're walking on water, looking in Jesus' eyes, that transcends your understanding. Like, right? How is this possible? Right. Do you feel at peace out yeah, there on the water? because I know it's not coming from me trying to convince myself. It's not coming from it, my own strength at all. It's it's coming from a love and a desire, and that is an offering, too, to him. That's not something mm-hmm. that, like, that's not like a sacrifice, you know? Like, that's mm-hmm. not, that shouldn't be a hard thing to give. I love that. Say more about that. It's an offering. It's not something that I just need to learn more about. It's not something that I need more education on. It's, it's not going to add... Any, it's not going to create a pride in me because I'm like, oh, I have all of this like knowledge mm-hmm. and I have all these things memorized and I can debate you on all these like theological points. It's a simple understanding of who God and who Jesus is and a, like a childlike faith. And he asks us to just come to him with our hearts and isn't there a song that says open, or am I just thinking of a song, open the eyes of my heart, not the eyes of my mm-hmm. mind, right. you know? Mm-hmm. And that's all that he's looking for. And he sent his son so that we can be with him forever, so that he can know us. And I love what you're saying, because when you go out onto the water, who's the offering? I am. You are. Right. We are his prize. Mm-hmm. You know, he's... He's just out there, like, waiting. For out there who's he waiting for, for? He's waiting for the bride of Christ. So when you go out there, especially as a female in this imagery, who do you represent? Who are you to him? The bride. Yes. Right. And that's why I can say, like, he is my eternal husband. Mm-hmm. That's why I can say that with my heart, because he's out there. He has everything that I need, and I can have everything that he already has in perfection. I don't have to be anything more. I don't have to become anything. I don't have to wait until I read my Bible every day or I pray every single day or I get to that point. Like right where I'm in, as long as I have my heart set on Him, everything I have, everything that He is, everything that He has is automatically put onto me and I don't have to strive for anything. And then he can then be proud of me when it's like, it would be, I don't know if this is right or not, but it's like, if Jesus were looking in, at me, it could be like, he's looking into a mirror and like, he sees himself in me. Mm-hmm. And if I can so like embody who he is. Embody who he is. See, mm-hmm. you're his body, mm-hmm. right? You're exactly right. See? Because we see in a mirror dimly, but then we'll be fully known face to face. So everything you're saying is exactly right. You are his bride. You are his body. He is the head. You are the body. And what you're saying is so profound. When you go out there, he as the head um, covers you. You look face to face to him and you know that in a way he's looking at himself. Right. And... You know, Jesus, he always points back to God, you know, 
in the Bible. Like, he's always pointing back to his heavenly father. And likewise, I should always be pointing back to Jesus mm-hmm. and who he is. And that's why it kind of, I don't know, hits me the wrong way when someone talks directly about their relationship with God. Just like that. This higher being, this like overseer, it almost is, feels like a mystical, like, like it doesn't feel like a relationship. And if I try to like relate directly to God, like I am missing like the whole point yes. of Jesus. Like God does not want us directly relating to him. That's why he sent his son, fully God, yet fully human for a reason. So we can have a relationship with him because we are human beings. You mean to clarify, when you say the father doesn't want us directly relating to him, you mean in the sense where we're not acknowledging Jesus' headship. Yeah. In other words, if you went out to the father acknowledging Jesus' headship, of course he would want a direct relationship with you, right? Yeah. But you're just saying with just to go up to the father without acknowledging Jesus' headship in your heart. I mean, because then you're not really acknowledging like his power and his magnificence to go directly to him. Like he, when he looks at you, he does see Christ on you, his blood. And so I know just consciously being aware of that for me, that has been helpful. I love that. So I picture it like this, the father, you go directly to the father as a female bride, right? And then the father looks at you and says, where's your head? And you're like, well, what do you mean? I'm talking to you right now. And he's like, no, 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 no. Where's your head? Where's your covering? Where's your head, bride? Who have where's you? Where's your protection? Yeah. Have you forgotten somebody? Well, no, my head is right here. Listen to all my thoughts. And, you know, listen to my great theology. Right. Listen to how I go on, you know? Mm-hmm. The father's like just kind of They're looking. They're seeing themselves yes. as their own head. That's right. More than they know. Mm-hmm. Leaning on their own understanding. You know, the father says, I gave some of you 10, 5, and 1. This is not to an unbeliever. This is a believer. I gave some of you 10, 5, and 1. You know, why are you still buried under the bushel? Why? And I, I look at the boat as the bushel. Why are you still in the death? Why are you still in the punishment? To come out of the bushel would be to walk on water. The kingdom of heaven is now. Why is that still buried? Why are you still in the boat? And not living by faith. That's right. That's right. Thank you for joining us today. If you found this podcast to be insightful, please subscribe to our show and share with someone who would enjoy listening. And we look forward to meeting here with you again soon.